Up World. It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. In today's show, I want to dive a little bit deeper on the numbers to know for Larry Nance Jr. The Blazers acquired Larry Nance last week in a three-team trade that involved Chicago and Cleveland. They sent Derek Jones Jr. and a lottery-protected first-round pick through 2028 to the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls sent Lowry Markin in a sign-in trade to the Cavs. The Blazers ended up with Larry Nance Jr., a 6'8 forward who offers some real skills for the Blazers. So what I want to do in today's show is kind of break down the numbers to know. I want to weigh in a little bit on the trade just um, because I haven't uh, had a podcast sort of, I haven't had an episode kind of laying out my my very specific thoughts. What I have had, and it's available in your feed right before this, I spoke with the co-hosts, Evan Damarell and uh, Chris Manning, the co-hosts of Locked on Cavs. They joined me. They've they've covered, you know, four four consecutive seasons, three and a half seasons, really, of, of the Larry Nance experience in Cleveland. So I talked with them kind of about what to expect. They provide great insight. Uh, I really, really recommend uh, listening to that show if you haven't already. But what I want to do here, just kind of give you the numbers to know, kind of dive a little bit deeper. We touched on the fit with the Blazers and what Nance will bring and his strengths and weaknesses. And, and it, it adds value, but this is an interesting enough trade that I think two two episodes, it warrants two episodes. So let's let's get into sort of my thoughts on the trade, and then we'll close out the show with sort of the numbers to know on offense and defense about what what exactly Larry Nance brings to this team. First and foremost... The Blazers got the best player in this deal. Lowry Markkinen has a chance to be to develop into a better player. Uh, he, he's younger. He's the shooting ability. The just sort of the offensive upside that he brings. Like Larry Markkinen might end up being way better than Larry Nance, but right now it's not close. Nance is better than Derek Jones. He's he's, he's a better passer. Um, he's a much much better defensive player. And for my money, in terms of the versatility that he brings on defense, uh, his offensive ability, he's he's a better shooter, and and the playmaking um, really sets him apart from what Derek Jones is. He's he can he, like the Blazers got the best player. Larry Nance can play. They got the best player. I, if you were listening to this podcast over the last month, he's been a name that people have floated out, and I said yes, do it. This is a guy I like. I love the defensive versatility. I love the playmaking. Um, just a cool just a cool personality as well. Like I'm I'm. I'm a believer in what Larry Nance brings. So, it's like first and foremost, the Blazers got the best player in this trade. They also sent away a first-round pick, and I, I said on Twitter like picks don't matter, and a couple people were like, "You're so dumb." The Blazers drafted C.J. McCollum and Damian Lord. How can you say picks don't matter? And and let me clarify that here. If you don't follow me on Twitter, let me just sort of clarify my my belief in the value of uh, of draft picks at this stage. Like the Blazers are not in a position where they need to worry about the value of of a future draft pick necessarily like if you're building a team holistically you'd, you'd rather have both draft picks and good players in the roster but the Blazers don't have the luxury of that they need to get good now and the best way to get good now is to trade those picks for veterans that could help and Larry Nance Jr. is exactly that if the Blazers struggle they're going to blow this team up they're going to trade away Damian Lillard and, and CJ McCollum and Yusuf Nurkic you know maybe not all at once but like over the years they're going to end up with a whole boatload of picks uh, what they need is not help for the future the the draft picks that they needed to hit were in 2017 2018 and 2019 now they're beyond that like 
it didn't work out. Those pick, you know, they didn't even make a selection in one of those drafts. But like, it's too late. Uh, if if Anthony Simons and and Nazir Little don't hit, and and Zach Collins did not hit, like if those things don't work out, then those draft picks are are big deals that you missed on them. But for right now, like in the this near term, the Blazers need players that can play. The most valuable thing to this team is is like like people who can get on the court tomorrow and Larry Nance is, is way more valuable than what a 2022 pick will develop into. That's not to say that for other teams at other stages in development, draft picks don't matter. It's just where the Blazers are in their development. First round picks are not going to be the thing that um, keeps this team in the direction they want to go. They got to get good and they got to get good with Dame on the roster because if it doesn't work out, um, Dame is going to leave and this won't, this, this isn't going to be um, the, the lack of draft picks will not be a problem for long because Damian Lord will um, get traded and bring back a whole bunch of draft picks. I think the other big question here with Larry Nance Jr. that I've seen a lot of fans ask is, is he going to start? And I think the answer, my guess here is no. Um, again, this is a new coaching staff, not one that I've spent a lot of time around or any time around, quite, quite frankly. Um, so it's, you know, I, I don't have as good a read as I did on the Stotts era, some, some a coaching staff and a coaching group that I spent a ton of time around and, and, and got to have plenty of conversations with to sort of understand their thinking on these things. But just knowing what I know about Neil Olshay and sort of the way the Blazers do business and the way that he's going to approach this, no, I do not think Larry Nance starts. Still going to be Dame and CJ, Robert Covington, and Yusuf Nurkic, and I missed Norman Powell somewhere in there along the way too. Those, those five are going to start at least early in the year, but what... What Nance really does here is that he up he upgrades the Blazers' depth, a big question mark for them. He provides length and defensive versatility and and mobility and some three point shooting on on um, at the four spot, and he can play a little bit of backup five. Although I think he's going to play the bulk of his minutes at the four, assuming that everyone is healthy. So that gives the Blazers like a really competent top seven with those starters and then Larry Nance Jr. and Cody Zeller. Like if everyone's healthy, that's a really good top seven. And then if Anthony Simons, who's going to play a lot, is your eighth guy, you don't, it's not as much pressure on him to, to produce. And I think he can play as like a, a more reasonable role. And now instead of being in a position where you absolutely needed Nazir Little to take a step forward, you can still be a pretty darn competitive team. And if Nazir Little does take a massive step forward, like this is a big year for him to prove that he's like an impact NBA player, then all of a sudden like the ceiling changes a little bit. I want to be clear that I don't think this Larry Nance trade um, upgrades the Blazers into the level of like surefire contenders. I don't think that's what this is. I'm a big Nance believer. I think he's a really good basketball player. I think I've been consistent on this podcast saying that I'm a fan of Larry Nance. Like that's two in a row, uh, Norman Powell and Larry Nance, two guys that I liked in other jer- other jerseys that um, that joined the Blazers. So, like I think these dudes are good. This Does this like vault the Blazers into that top tier where you're like, oh, this team could win a championship? No, but it makes them better. Like they're better because of it. And Nance's skill set is a lot of reason why they're better. Like the defense, the shooting, the playmaking, all of the things they've desperately needed. Like they have not, the power forward spot since LaMarcus Aldridge left has been kind of a, a difficult one for the Blazers to fill. And this is coming from someone like, I'm a big Al Farouk Aminu believer. I thought he was really, really solid, but he couldn't shoot, he couldn't pass, and he couldn't dribble. He could occasionally shoot, he could never dribble, and he could never pass, and he was a really solid, dependable defender. The Blazers haven't sort of had all of these things in one. A solid, dependable defender who can handle the ball a little bit, play make a little bit, and shoot a little bit. They just haven't, they haven't all had it all together as as one thing. You know, they got some, uh, they got one really solid, like a well above average shooting season season out of Al Farouk Aminu. They got the same thing out of uh, out of Mo Harkless, but 
they haven't had all of this in one package. Like they've been able to play a, a defending playmaking power forward in Evan Turner as a small ball four, but Nance is the first like true power forward answer who you says like kind of checks all the boxes. I think Covington is a true four and the way the league works now, but Nance has, he's probably a little bit worse on defense in terms of like overall impacts, but he's got, brings a little more variety on offense, albeit at a slightly um, reduction in shooting ability. Like he can really play. I think there will be plenty of times this year when Robert Covington slides down to the three and you get Covington, Nance, and Yusuf Nurkic together, and you have a really good defensive front line if you play those three guys. Uh, I know it's tempting to say go ahead and start that way, but the Blazers are going to close games with the three guards on the on uh, on the floor, so I can understand my, why you might like be screaming for them to start, but I don't think they're going to do it, and that group was really good. Uh, let's wait until we get a little further in the season before demanding that Larry Nance starts in sort of jumbo lineups. I think he adds balance and adds a really, really needed amount of playmaking on that second unit that you're going to be thankful to have him there. One of the big question marks with Larry Nance, though, is is just durability. Uh, the most games he's ever played in a season came in 2018-19 when he played 67 games. He only played 35 last year. He's, de- he's dealt with a variety of andri- injuries, knees and hands and backs and all. You know, he's he's had some some durability questions. And I think that's, that's a big question mark for him. And just un- an undeniable part of the puzzle is like how much can you, how many games are you going to get out of Nance? Because when he plays and when he's on the court, he's really good. But it, it's the question remains when like when is he going to be available so the early returns here seem really really positive uh larry nance makes this team better although maybe not like elite level better and we'll get into more of why i think that in uh, in the next couple segments but the blazers got better they got the best player in this trade and they improved the roster with this trade answered a huge question mark along the front line like they desperately needed a four a four who could play the five like that was the exact position they needed they didn't need another true five they didn't really um well it'd be nice if they had a backup point guard on the roster that was not the spot they needed like that's that was not the spot they needed they needed a a playmaking four who could play the five and they found the one who was available uh kind of there's been some reporting out of chicago that the blazers were initially pursuing lowry markinen and then the bulls wanted more than just a first round pick so they had to include uh they had to include the uh, the Cavs in order to make this a, a three-team trade, and the Blazers ended up with Nance because of it, because um, that's just how it kind of worked out. The Bulls didn't want to take on any more money. They got one year of Derek Jones as opposed to two years of Larry Nance, and they get a, the first and a second out of it. Uh, great. <laughs> Uh, great. Like these were like Nance and Larry, Mar- Larry Markkinen were the two guys who were like rumored to be on the market. And for my money, I'd on this particular Blazer team, I'd much, 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 much rather have Nance. So the Blazers, the Blazers did, did well here. Um, I, I think this, this off season, while not vaulting them into the sort of championship category and nothing hits the sort of home run, let's go for it type of language we've heard from Damian Lillard, the Blazers are better and that they got better, um, without making a dramatic swing did they get good enough to prove it probably not and we'll kind of see that play out during the season but it's undeniable from my mind that on paper the Blazers improved so let's look a little bit closer at that paper shall we in the second segment I want to dig into some numbers to know with Larry Nance what you need to know to uh to prove that you're a you're a Nance head when you're uh, talking about it with your fellow Blazer fans I give you some numbers to know on the offensive and defensive end for Larry Nance but first before we get there let's talk about sweat block and specifically the sweat block wipes. These are products designed for those of us who deal with excessive perspiration. Whether that's you or someone in your life, you know people who just who perspire a lot. And it means that they 
they just can't always wear what they want or that being sweaty is just a reality of their life that they have to uh, plan around. But Sweatblock Wipes wants to give you a chance to wear what you want with confidence and they make it easy because these Sweatblock Wipes, you just apply them once. Apply them under your arms, apply them under your pits, go to bed, wake up the next day, take a shower and, and live that life with confidence. Wear what you want to wear. In fact, with the dry shirt guarantee, Sweatblock says that if, if their products don't keep you dry, you get your money back. So why not give it a try if this is something you need? Go to sweatblock.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your order. And like I said, you got the dry shirt guaranteed. You're going to save money and there's nothing to lose. So go for it. Sweatblock.com. Promo code is LOCKEDON. You get 20% off your order. It's also available at Amazon and your local CVS. Today's episode is also brought to you by Indeed. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview, and hire. That's it. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of that, all of that in one place, even the interviewing part. Don't just hope your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. Plus, with Indeed Indeed assessments, you'll be able to choose from 135 skills tests to help make sure you're finding applications from people with the skills you need. And according to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all their job sites combined. So join the more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. All right. So the Blazers have Larry Nance Jr., a trade that makes them better. But how, you ask, will he get better? Well, let's dig into some numbers to know on offense. The stats that show how Larry Nance will help and how he'll improve the Blazers. If I'm so confident if how he's going to improve this team, how's he going to do it? All right, well, here's what you need to know. First of all, he provides a level of shooting that will help. Um, he's not a high-volume shooter, but Nance is a is a right-around league-average shooter who has trended up in that direction uh, each of his past three seasons. He's He has slowly throughout his career seen an uptick in three-point attempts and cut down on his mid-range jumpers. When he was a rookie in L.A., he took a lot of 18-footers. He has cut down on that diet. He's taken threes now, about a little over three a game, and he shoots 36% on catch-and-shoot threes. That's that's big. Uh, almost 90% of his three-point attempts are catch-and-shoot attempts. Like, this is this is how he shoots them. He's not, he's not taking them off the dribble, which is normal. An off-the-dribble three is something that stars do. Most of the players, most of the sort of complementary parts, players in the league are spotting up, taking spot-up jumpers, shooting, you know, off, off the catch-and-shoot. And he is right around, he's slightly below league average, but like sort of right around average um, for among catch-and-shoot attempts, among among three-point shooters on catch-and-shoot attempts. Like, Larry Nance is, is a pretty decent shooter. That helps. That shooting helps. He's he's not going to be what Carmelo Anthony was on offense, but that's okay because he brings so much more to his game. He's not this elite spot-up shooter, but he's a totally decent one, and that's really, really important because he's he does more than that on offense. And, and the big thing that he does... Uh, on offense well and we'll get to his weaknesses in a moment but the other big thing he does is like he so he's got a he's got a 
this catch and shoot ability, like a jump shooting ability. And the guys from Locked On Cavs said that it's sort of like a reluctance to shoot is one of is one of the problems with Larry Nance. So hopefully with the Blazers, um, you know, you can just get him because he's going to be that that third and fourth and fifth option sometimes on offense. Just like when you get the ball and you're open, shoot it, dog. Like don't hesitate. I think that's like sort of a simple fix. You you jump up to four and a half attempts a game on average and you're shooting, you know, 37%. You're in business. But the other thing that Larry Nance does really well is just he's an elite passer. Um, for someone his size, he's, he's truly an elite passer. In fact, over the last three seasons, according to cleaningglass.com, Larry Nance has ranked in the 91st, 80th, and 82nd percentile in assist percentage. That is the percentage of made field goals your uh, teammates make while you're on the court. A few seasons ago, in 2018-19, uh, Larry Nance was assisted 18% of his teammates made field goals when he was on the court. 91st percentile, just fantastic number. That number dropped down to 12.7 in the 19-20 season. And last year, 2021, he was he assisted on 14.6 of his uh, teammates made field goals while he was on the court. That is good enough for 82nd percentile in the league. Like that's he's, he's one of the good passers in the league. But quite frankly, I think the assist numbers... Like you'll if you watch Larry Nance highlights, you'll see dunks and fun passes. Like that's what you're gonna see. Um, more on dunks in a moment. But the fun passing undersells what a good passer he is. Um, I'm a big fan of Larry Nance. If you know pass first point guard, because he's a pass first guy. So it's not just assists. Like it's not just like a fun. You know he drives and like leaves a wrap around or he does like a fake handoff and then uh, you know rescreens and hits you with another pass. Like his the pick and roll stuff really helps. Like, he's going to be a really good playmaker out of pick and rolls. Like, if he sets a screen for Dame and gets to make a decision in a four-on-three scenario, like, you're going to love Larry Nance because he's going to make smart decisions and he's capable of making high-level passes. Not just smart, like, the right read. Like, I think Yusuf Nurkic is capable of making the right read, but he does, he's not always capable of making, like, a high-level pass. Larry Nance can make high-level passes. Like, he's, he's a skilled passer. But that, even all that, like, even the pick-and-roll stuff and the assist stuff, like, like, the sort of, like, passes that lead to points undersell what a good passer he is because what... I really appreciate about Nance's game. And the thing that I really like about him is he just makes the right pass. Like put him at the top of the key, which is where he does a lot of damage, at least with the Cavs. And hopefully he'll be in a similar position with, with the Blazers. Like he will just make the smart pass to get it across the court. You put him, give him the ball at the top of the key. He'll keep it moving. Like he grease. I, I've used the phrase on the last podcast with uh, Chris and Evan is like, he, he just greases the offense. Like he's good at greasing the wheel, keeping the ball moving. He's not making the assist. He's not even making the hockey assist. He's just making the right pass to continue your team to have an advantage. Like the sign of a good passer is that they make good passes, not that they get assists. And when I watch Larry Nance, what I like about him, why I am a fan of his game it's because he seems to just make the right pass. Like he's just he's just a really good decision maker. He has a great feel. I think that's really the the skill. Sort of the, the I'm giving I'm going to give you a lot of numbers on this show. Um, I like stats, y'all. But like I what I like is watching the game and and getting a sense. Like I love the numbers that back up what you see or or dispute what you see. And I feel like the the elite skill that you kind of can't measure here uh, is that Nance has Nance just has a great feel for the game. He has a really good sense of where his teammates are on both ends of the court and just how to get them an advantage. And sometimes the great passing isn't the assist stuff where he's among the league leaders. Like he's been elite as a passer at times in his career and and has been well above above average in each of the last two seasons like he's a he's a really good playmaker but just the smart passing is really going to help 
One of the troubling things, digging into the numbers on offense with Larry Nance, is that he has uh, his number of rim attempts have declined since 2017-18. Like the last three seasons, he's he has shot less at the rim, which is a problem for someone who can really dunk. Has some really impressive, uh, like I said, he watches highlights as dunks and fun passes. But his, his number of rim attempts have declined, and he did not finish at the rim particularly well during the 2020-21 season. Um, he was a well above average finisher in each of the past two years, like, you know, 85th and above percentile, like really good. And these are numbers courtesy of cleaning the glass again, like uh, this, like he was an elite finisher, uh, you know, a guy who could really dunk and was strong enough to kind of, and quick enough to kind of get, you know, flip up shots, flip up layups around the rim. If he couldn't, if he couldn't cram on you, but last year did not finish well at the rim, not bad, like Yusuf Nurkic, Andre Drummond bad, but just like not, you know, a slightly below average finisher, not one of the worst finishers in the league, but like just not a particularly good one. And that's troubling for someone who can really, really, really dunk. Uh, less rim attempts and less, less rim frequency and less finishing at the rim. That's, I would say that's, uh, the, the only real red flag in his game. I think you can coax him into shooting more from three. Um, the sort of getting to the rim is a thing that, um, is some of it is scheme and some of it is, is skill. So I think that like, you've got to, um, you got to figure out a way to get Larry Nance rolling downhill to use that, that ability because his ability to make a decision or as, as a driver and passer and pick and rolls is what's going to set him apart from the other blazer bigs. That's, that is really that the catch and shoot stuff that'll come, but like you can get a little bit of that pick and pop stuff from, from Rocco. But the difference is like Nurk is a roller. Rocco is a popper, but, uh, and, and, Zeller is going to be a roller too. Like what Nance brings as a big man is that ability to do both. He can pop out or he can roll. And if he can short roll and make decisions, like he has a real variety in pick and rolls. And even if the Blazers change up a little bit of their attack, when it comes down to it, we know how this works. They're going to run pick and rolls with Damian Lord and CJ McCollum. That's how they're going to beat teams. Even if they do a variety of things to set up those pick and rolls, that's how they're going to beat teams. There's an empty side pick and roll with Dame and a screener. And if that screener is Larry Nance, I really like his chances. And as good as Nance is on offense, I think... I think the real value he's going to bring is on the other end of the floor. So let's talk about what that's going to look like in the third segment to close out the show. But first, let's talk about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is basically impossible to go to your local chain auto parts store and ask them for what you're looking for. Just because they it's just too hard for them to have it. Uh, there are just physical limitations. But guess what? The internet doesn't have that space problem. So rockauto.com got your solution. You don't need to spend 30 or 50 or even 100% more for the same parts. You can just go to rockauto.com, the family business that's been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and you'll find reliably low prices for every customer. That's the do-it-yourselfers or professional mechanic. If you are someone who does this professionally, you can still buy parts at rockauto.com and you're going to get great prices. And you're going to find whatever you need from brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil, even new carpet, whatever it is. Go explore their easy-to-use website and find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box. That way, they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked on Blazers. We talked about Larry Nance on the offensive end, but I think his real impact, his real value for the Blazers is the defensive versatility he's going to bring 
on the other side of the court. Nance is not an all-world elite lockdown point of attack defender. You cannot stick him on Kevin Durant and say, go lock him up. That's, I mean, you literally can't, no one can do that. It's Kevin freaking Durant. But like elite level wings, uh, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, James Harden to some extent. Like it's, they're just, the Blazers still don't have an answer for how you guard that level of star. I mean, how you do it maybe is they have a better team defense, et cetera, et cetera, right? Like, they're banking on a collective upgrade. and But Nance doesn't answer that question, right? He does not answer the who who guards the elite wings. He might get that opportunity. Like if I had to guess, and I talked about this with Chris and Evan, like when you are playing the Lakers, I think he's the assignment. Um, you know, I think he's the guy who gets the LeBron assignment because it makes more sense for him to guard LeBron. He might even guard both AD and LeBron in the same game because it does, it takes away from what Robert Covington does so well. He's an elite help defender. I kind of think Larry Nance is an elite help defender too. Like when, when I have, what I have enjoyed about the stylings of Larry Nance Jr. And this isn't like, I'm not going to claim here that I've poured over the film, but I, he's someone I like, like I I made a point to watch him because I like his game. And so, um, just like my, uh, recollection and the numbers seem to back this up for the most part is that he's, he has a real great feel as a help defender. And Evan Damerall of Locked on Cavs said kind of the same thing is that like, if you play a more conservative scheme where he isn't out chasing and having to, to switch, like he can do that. But if you, if you let him if you kind of try to keep guys in front and let him clog the lane as like a helper, he's elite at it. And the numbers back that up. He was sixth in the league in def- deflections per game last year. Robert Covington was second. Larry Nance was sixth. That means the Blazers have two of the top six best guys in the league in deflections. Robert Covington led the league in raw deflections, but per, as a per game number because Nance didn't play enough games to qualify for the raw leaders. Uh, like this is two of two of the best deflection artists in the game. These are guys who can be disruptive with their hands. In fact, last season, Larry Nance, according to CleanGlass.com, was in the 99th percentile in steal percentage. That is percentage of possessions on, on while you're on the court on defensively that end with a steal. 99th percentile. Elite. Absolutely elite. One of the absolute best in the league. And this isn't exactly a thing that stands out about his career. Like, that wasn't an outlier season. Every year, he's been well above average. In, in fact, since he came to the league in the 2015-16 season, Nance has ranked in the 75th and then 98th, 98th, 96th, 99th, 87th, 99th percentile in steals. Like, he is, he's just that good. He's just that good. Uh, I read a double number in there because in 1718 he was traded to the, uh, traded from the Lakers to the Cavs. So he was 98th percentile with the Lakers. Then he joined the Cavs, 96th percentile. Like, change of scenery didn't matter. Still an elite uh, steals guy. Like, he's just, he's just that good. He's... Like I said, he's his skill set is better as this disruptor, better as a roamer and disruptor. Uh, he's he's not that point of attack defender. The Blazers still haven't solved that. He might get that role, like I said, but he's his. If you were to sort of best de- best deploy him, it would be as like this elite helper. Uh, he ranks out as a really good defender, sort of by the overall metrics. I'm not a big believer in the sort of catch-all defensive metrics. Um, I just don't, I don't always think they align with what I watch is I guess most, mostly my beef with them, but like specifically defensive rating is not a stat that should be used to measure individuals defense. It's a stat that remembers, you know, point differential while you're on the court. It does not, it does not factor in who's on the court with you or who's on or like what, def, what offensive players are on the court. A defensive rating is not an individual stat. Um, I, 
stop stop touting it as one if that's something you want to do. But according to uh, D. LeBron, which is the uh, a metric created by the good folks at B-Ball Index, uh, it is an acronym that stands for Luck Adjusted Player Estimate Using a Box Plier Regularized On-Off Metric. Basically, it's uh, kind of a a player a player rating like on their offensive defensive impact it's not a value rating but it's it's an it's an overall impact rating that based on a player's prior box score production and who they share the court with it offers sort of an overall value uh it's in terms of like all-in-one ratings i think it's one of the better ones again i'm not a i'm not a super fan of any of these sort of catch-all defensive metrics but this is this is as good as as you're gonna find and and more than anything it sort of just illustrates nance's value more than i think it's like here's what he is here's how here's how impactful he is but he ranks he was 15th in the in last year in, in, in D LeBron and defensive impact, uh, the LeBron defensive impact stat. Like he's, he's one of the good, really good defenders in this league for uh, reference sake, Yusuf Nurkic ranked fourth by this metric and Robert Covington sixth. So like by some measurements, the Blazers like have a, could play a really solid defensive front court, which would really make up for the shortcomings of their two guards, particularly the letter O. Also, just like for for more reference, by the same defensive LeBron impact, just looking at the last year uh, where they scored in, in, in defensive LeBron, uh, Ant, Anthony Simons, Carmelo Anthony, and Damian Lillard all ranked in the bottom twenty in the league, and and Ant was was five hundred thirty eighth out of the five hundred thirty nine players in the database. Like the Blazers had some really bad defenders. If nothing else, the subbing out Nance for Carmelo on defense is going to be massive. But more than like these numbers, more than like, I, I want to just say those out there because it's like, I, I feel like it's a good reference point. Like, is this dude a pretty good defender? Like, do does does the sort of impact stats suggest he's a pretty good defender? Yeah, this one does. Uh, NBA's real plus minus doesn't particularly care for the Larry Nance experience from last season. In fact, it says that Nance at, in the entire league uh, out of 534 players that, uh, ESPN's defensive real plus minus stats, uh, Nance is 152nd. He's deep. Uh, these numbers don't exactly um, don't exactly match up. And LeBron tries to calculate for, um, tries to stabilize in a way that real plus minus doesn't, blah, 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 blah. That's like, we're too deep in the weeds. But like, like I said, I don't know if I, I don't know if I love these sort of catch all defensive metrics, but all of this is to say, is that Larry Nance Jr. is a really good defender. And I think while I view him best as a help defender, off-ball disruptor, a guy who can, you know, get steals, get out and run, you know, get in passing lanes, be a really smart, a really smart help defender, like an elite help defender when when um, when healthy and and all all good, like he's he can. The Blazers have two just like really, really special help defenders and and the rest of the stuff will have to sort of figure itself out. But two really, really good ones. I think you can play a couple different ways with Nance. Like while while maybe sort of using him in like more conservative schemes as like a helper to disrupt stuff and, and make make things sort of hard getting to the paint and then relying on his length to contest out on the perimeter. I think you can switch with Nance and he can guard pretty much uh, one through five a little bit. Like he's not going to guard ones a bunch and twos a bunch. I not going to guard you know fast threes a bunch but like you need four seconds of okay defense at the end of the clock you can get away with that with the switch you can play you know show and recover and let him use his his sort of smarts as a help defender to show to the ball and then get back to his man you can play traditional drop coverage you could probably trap a little bit and his hands and then robert covington's hands behind the ball or if robert covington uh is the trapper and Nance is the helper behind the ball trying to split the difference in guard two. Like you've got elite, elite deflections, elite steel guys. Like this helps. 
Larry Nance is going to help. I think his impact is going to be felt very significantly on the defensive end. I think all of this stuff, like deflections per game, 99th percentile in steal percentage, 15th in, in defensive LeBron, like all of, all of these are sort of like numbers to know. These aren't going to impress your friends at the bar. Uh, maybe not really because it's kind of a little nerdy. So, you know, pick your pick your spots here with who you're trying to impress. But like they all kind of point to the same thing. And and if you watch him and I've, I'm, I'm a Nance believer, like I, I think he can be a really good defensive player. The Blazers have upgraded themselves. He's going to help on offense with the with the with the ability to be uh, have a variety of ways to attack as a pick and roll guy or just a straight up spot up shooter. He's that that's going to help the playmaking at the top of the key or even just the smart passing. The guy who can just keep it moving, make the smart pass, is going to help on defense. Uh, his his ability to get steals and his ability to play multiple defensive looks is going to help. His ability as a help defender is is, is going to be just um, going to be impactful. Like he's going to all of these different ways, he's going to help this team. Is he going to push them into the tier of the super elite? Probably not. But the Blazers are better after trading for Larry Nance Jr. And short of the big trade, short of the big CJ McCollum trade, you know, for where the Blazers get another all-star, this was a for what they were offering, Derek Jones and a first, this is a close to as good a, a player as I can imagine them getting. I think flipping the Derek Jones contract mistake of giving him the full medal level exception and a and a lottery protected 2022 first round pick that's lottery protected through 2028 which means that if it it does not if it lands in the top 14 picks every single year until 2028 it conveys to two second round picks it's, that's that's probably not going to happen at some point the blazers are, are going to give uh are just going to make the playoffs next year and go ahead and, and give that pick away i think that's like the simple way this works is they're going to be a playoff team they're not in the lottery that's it and that's all folks that they they will not have a draft pick next year but it's it's you know the pick protections are such that it's not going to burn them too bad. You've got Larry Nance Jr. for this season and next on a reasonable deal, and he helps on the court. The capital that you gave away to acquire him, not that bad. The actual basketball impact, pretty darn good. And the risk, relatively low. I love this trade for the Blazers. I think it makes them better. If you are plan- if you are back and planning the championship parade, I'm going to give you a woe Nelly, a light woe Nelly on that one. But th- the Blazers got better. They got better this week. They got the, the, the Larry Nance trade is fun and exciting. And after an offseason that was pretty meh, I think they did a pretty good job. They didn't do the big thing maybe you wanted them to do, and they got rid of some of their sort of ammo by getting rid of a first-round pick. But for what they did, I think they did pretty well, and I think Larry Nance Jr. is going to help. Because I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into Larry Nance's numbers this week and sort of give you my uh, my just sort of overarching Larry Nance thesis here, since I've I very clearly said that I'm a fan and a believer, uh, we're going to push Mailbag back a little bit. So if you're listening to this uh, episode, Mailbag, Mailbag Monday, is I'm going to record it on Tuesday and put it out on Wednesday morning. So look for that one in your feed Wednesday morning. It's our weekly Mailbag segment. If you want to get involved, tweet at me at Mike G. Rich or email me lotsonblazerspod at gmail.com. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.